from Grundahl. Kingsley turns that fire sideways. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon. Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Meta, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. Fly Racing, Bills Pipes, W Wheels, Motul MX, X-Brand Goggles, Moto Ice Wrap, and Moto Stuff make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Arma Energy Drink BMX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Bill's Pipes, Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, Just One Helmets, and W Wheels. I'm your host, Brad Gephardt. With us on the line, we've got none other than Chris Elliott from YP.com, Nuclear Blast, Slayton Racing, KTM Team. How's it going there, Chris? Good, man. How are you today? Hey, not too bad whatsoever. Gorgeous day up here in Canada. Looking to uh, talk some moto with uh, um, a, a fellow Canadian. Good, man. I'm pumped. I, l- I love moto. I love hockey. I love spring. I love summer. Let's do it. Awesome. So let's drop the, drop the puck on this. I'm hoping for three solid periods of uh, and, and 60 minutes of, uh, of of good hard uh, bench racing and uh, starting out, let, let's jump straight into the 250 class because uh, although there was a lot of things to talk about in the in from Toronto this, this past weekend, uh, the 250s kind of jump off the page at me because uh, I've never seen so many three digit guys in the top ten, uh, including a couple of rookies. Um, where would you like to start off? Do you want to talk about these rookies that are uh, th- throwing in some great uh, results, or do you want to talk about Justin Hill's first win of the season? Ah, man. There's actually a lot to talk about. Uh, We'll go Hill. Uh, We were both right. We both said Justin Hill. Yes. And the rest of our picks were all over the place. Yeah, but we both left Martino off the podium, and that worked out for both of us. So uh, I like it. Well, he actually didn't leave the country. (laughs) We'll get into that. Uh, No, Justin Hill, man, that's – I'm not surprised at all. A little bummed out that, you know, Jeremy didn't get to ride with him straight up. But yeah. he did what he had to do. He got the start. He made the passes early, put in, you know, some good sprint laps, and, and he took off, and, and there was nothing anybody could do about it. So uh, good for him, for sure. Leading all, uh, 12 laps, I uh, believe uh, he, had, he had great times in the in the qualifying. He was mo- not only fast, but he was also consistent, posting uh, the fastest lap time in uh, in the first time practice. And then also, uh, if you look at that time practice, he was also the fastest overall. So uh, not only was he throwing down one heater, he was knocking down a bunch, which is a uh, kind of a, a good indication of how a, a guy's day is going to go as they're consistently knocking down those lap times. Um, Honestly, can't can't really uh, talk about uh, Justin Hill's ride without talking about the fact that uh, Jeremy Martin, uh, although finishing uh, several seconds back, uh, goes from dead last all the way to second to uh, kind of salvage the night and end up uh, with the points lead coming away. Um, a, a good job on his part. Yeah, you know that it, you know Martin kind of has me wondering after I was wondering about Hill, we left Daytona, and that is 
what would have happened if they had, you know, started together. And like, I remember, I know I said I want to Davos for the title, but now after this weekend, I like Martin because yeah. <laughs> they, you know, there's all these questions mark of, question marks about him and he, and he, you know, he cracks under pressure. He hasn't made main event. When stuff goes wrong, it goes sideways. But I mean, the dude crashed in the first turn and he, mind you, it was kind of a, a tricky main event, but he, he, you know, he made his way all the way up to second. And him and, him and Mookie, I mean, those are championship rides. And, and now I'm, I, gosh, man, you got to think it's going to be a battle to the end because everyone seems to have their stuff together this year. Absolutely, and uh, never before have we seen uh, so much uncertainty in a 250 uh, championship. Uh, arguably, four main contenders, uh, all four of them with big question marks over top of their head. Justin Hill, he's shown incredible speed, consistency, uh, completely out the window. You never know which Justin Hill is going to show up, uh, and kind of kind of shades of his his older brother in a lot of the riding that he does. Like you said, flashes of brilliance. You got Jeremy Martin who. Uh, Literally every year, except for this year so far, he's not qualified for a, for a main event, having to sit out an entire event. And uh, Malcolm Stewart, well, he's James's brother, so just let, let that be that. And then uh, Martin Davalos, who's 45 years old. He's been racing 125 since 1984, and um, he just stayed in the class for, for, for an extended amount of time. Uh, love to see the guy do what he does, but uh, there's a reason why he's number 49 uh, it's, uh, for his, his national uh, uh, number and not uh, not uh, not have a permanent one. Yeah, you know what the thing with Martine and and well, I think Jeremy's definitely kind of being a front enough for this title is what you just said. I mean, the, the four other guys are are kind of unproven and they're always question marks. And I think that if he was ever to give a race to four guys, it'd be these four guys. You know, like yeah. he, he's a veteran, but at the same time, he's not proven. These four guys aren't proven, and like you said, Martin didn't qualify for a main in his first, what, three years of being professional for Supercross? Yeah. You know, so so how do you just say, okay, Martin's going to, it's the Martin Hill show now. No, man, like there, there's still tons of question marks. And, and well, that, whatever happened to Martin with a bummer, it's honestly the best case scenario in the class he's in on this East region. Because I, I think if you're in the West region and you just don't show up to a race, you got to think, okay, well, there's no end catching Cooper Webb. Well, I do think there is a chance that he could catch all four of these guys by the end of it because there's a good chance they're all going to have that one race. It just depends on whether or not this weekend was that race. Like, I, I would argue that maybe this weekend was that, that race for, for Malcolm Stewart. I mean, the, the most impressive thing about whole weekend is he pulled in this pitch twice. He still got sick. That's crazy. And yeah, it's, it's you know, it's kind of, how the East Coast works, I guess, where arguably, I hope I'm not hurting one of his feelings, but the depth isn't quite there. You know, yeah, totally I feel agree. like a, 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 even a lot of the, uh, the, the bigger name journalists and people in some of the moto sites and, and other podcasts are talking how this, this is a really deep, deep East class and this is this and this can happen. Well, lots can happen this East class. I don't, I don't know if I'd necessarily call it, I guess it's deep, but I wouldn't, I don't think it's, the same class as the West. Like the reason why it's so competitive is because everyone is a little bit closer, but on a different level in my mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think Alex Fry, everybody can crash five times. Alex Fry is not getting fourth at Anaheim one. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. Uh, I think like, these guys are, uh, are all on the same level. 
but yeah. they're not all at that premier level. Like we're, it's almost like uh, um, it, it's it's like they're they're all still incredible. I'm not taking anything Absolutely. away from Absolutely. any of these guys, but uh, if like honestly, when we're gonna see it, we're gonna see it in in um, in Vegas when they all line up. Uh, I would say that there's maybe three or four guys total in this field that have the pace to run anywhere inside the top ten, uh, probably the back half of the top ten of the of the West. Um, but but the rest of these guys would have a hard time making a main event. And like like yeah. uh, I don't want to discount Jesse Wetland's fifth place, but if he's over in if he's at Anaheim one, I have a hard I, I have a feeling he's more likely to get fifth in the LCQ than uh, fifth in the uh, in the main event. Yeah, and we're not being dicks here. I mean, we make the big bucks to tell it how it is, and and how it is is just look at the lap times this weekend in Detroit. Look at the lap times, and you can look at the drop-off from, say, the top three to the to the three to six range to the six to nine and so on and so forth. I, I mean, I know from being on the West Coast and paying close attention to lap times, I mean, those lap times are really close all the way through 15. You know, it's a crapshoot. So um, it is what it is. I mean, but the thing is, hey, man, this is way more exciting than the West Coast to me. Like, that, this, these races in Toronto last weekend were some of the most exciting racing I've seen in a long time. So uh, it was fun watching that main event, and it's, you never want to see guys go down and, and <laughs> like that first turn, but I mean, it made it exciting. That so, it did. And uh, <laughs> if you really want to uh, go into the lap times to figure out who would finish where, uh, and honestly, like once you're in a battle, it's, it's uh, all, all things are out the window. But uh, strictly on lap times, Justin Hill still able to knock down a faster average lap time than uh, than Jeremy Martin, who uh, other than obviously his first lap, uh, which isn't counted at all, that they don't include that, and obviously he's down in the corner. But um, like you, you'd expect each rider to be kind of be able to to reset, and of course uh, Jeremy's going through traffic. Uh, mm-hmm. Justin's out front, but eventually he had to get into some lappers himself. Um, a a uh, fifty seven six for uh for justin hill at a 57 nine for uh for jeremy martin and over the over the course of uh of a 15 lap race that that's a few seconds there so i still give the nod to justin hill a guy who's steadily been progressing and getting getting better i think if he can get those starts dialed he'll walk away with this one but uh, if he continues to uh have the same starts as he had earlier in the uh, series he's gonna have issues yeah well it'll, it'll be interesting to see whether or not Martin can do this consistently. I mean, he's been kind of the, you know, the poster child of kind of falling apart in supercross races at times, like right. just doing things that you wouldn't expect. And is this the new Jeremy Martin, you know, when, you know, shit hits the fan or is this, this was just a one-time deal next weekend. If he goes out on the first turn, expect six crashes. I don't know. Um, it, it, and yeah, like, I give the nod to Hill, but it's still the same question that I had after Daytona when it was reversed. Was Justin Hill really fast and everyone held up Stu or was Martin really fast? Like, I don't know. And the thing I hate about the East Coast, we're going to have some answers this weekend in Detroit, right? We have to have some answers. I I think we're finally going to see where people start thinking, again, you know, hopefully it'll calm down a little bit. We'll see some good racing. But then we have a break. (laughs) You know what I mean? We've got a week break. And then we go back west, and these guys aren't back on the track for three more weeks. So it's a weird series. I just, I still don't know what to make of it. Like, I know, like you said, like with the depth, like, Bashegli, a great ride. I'm so happy for that team. They've had a really tough year. 
but I just don't think that's something you're going to be expecting over the next few weeks. Benny Bloss had a good ride. He was up to third at one point, was he not? He must have went down. Yeah, he was, he was, he, he was sitting 30. It was as high as third. Uh, ended up uh, having some issues and then crawling his way back to seventh. But uh, the kid looked good. Um, his second last ride on that uh, Cycle Trader Rock River uh, Yamaha before he goes back to his own privateer effort. But uh, who knows? Maybe they can find a uh, place, uh, find him a place on that bike considering uh, he's putting in the same style of ride that uh, the Jeremy or Alex Martin's uh, putting in on the West. So I got to think that they'll, I got to, I got to think that they'll find some space for the kid. Um, yeah. Put him on a 125 maybe or something. I don't remember. Have they, did they not used to run two guys on that team or three, like 250 guys on that team? Or have they always just uh, run one and one? I can't remember. I, I would have to go back and check. I would imagine yeah. that they they've always supported multiple riders. Uh, yeah, I think it's just a check. They're they're now a, a factory supported team, uh, mm-hmm. and their motors are done by G, GYTR. So, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and the bike itself that uh, Bloss is riding is um, their but their motor, his his chassis setup or his suspension that he brought over from his privateer efforts. So, um, I, I got to imagine that if if they can if they can uh, if they have a, a racing motor. Uh, on hand, they'll they'll still be able to support him throughout the rest of the Supercross series. So fingers crossed. Yeah, I gotta think they'll they'll take him they'll take him racing, and then also too, I mean, he's not a terrible kid to have outdoors if you can have him. Also, when you when you think like how big he is and how good he's on that 450, it's not a terrible idea to have him around just in case something happens to Tommy Horn too. But oh um, yeah, what did you think of that start? Uh, how short it was and. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, left-handed, super short start, uh, always makes for carnage. I guess a, a, a short start is better if it's le- uh, is uh, a left-handed uh, corner is better if it's a short start. But um, yeah, I don't think we I don't think we got away clean in any of the races, um, other than uh, maybe uh, the the first uh, the first heat race of the night, which featured uh, none other than Vicky Golden, who had um, she she came across the cr- cross. And then tucked around the inside. Yeah, dude, I was pumped to see Donk and Vicky make it in. I know Donk puts in a lot of hard work during the week, so it's it's cool to yeah. see uh, his labors uh, get some some credit. But uh, yeah, I, I heard everybody all over Malcolm Stewart all night. Like a lot of people were mad about obviously the passenger incident in the heat race, and then he, I mean, arguably he caused that crash in the main. Yeah, and I just think I don't get that. I mean, that's racing. What is he supposed to do? Is he supposed to like? If he didn't, like he said, if I didn't do it, Passenger would have done it to me. And it's one of those deals where you had to be physical and you had to, you had to, you know, dive it in there. Now, yeah. in the main, it was the wrong guy to put it over on because, I mean, Bowers is just as physical as maybe Mookie was going for, so that didn't work out. But I got no problem with that, man. I mean, get the, get the jump. Get the jump. We're, we're, you don't ta- have we're talking about a. Uh, we're talking about sixty feet of real estate. Like there, there, there's no yeah. space to really like. Can you really be that malicious in in that much? Uh, uh, like he came over on him, and if, if like uh, this is not pee wee soccer. This is not. They don't have to no. shake hands after the rate after the game. It, this is go out there and do whatever it takes to win. And I don't think what he did was outside the parameters of what's dirty riding. Like uh, if no. I had the edge on 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 anybody, if I had the edge on you, I'm sorry, uh, my friend, but Chris, my t- my back tire's coming over, and uh, you got to be prepared for that. Yeah, and I mean everyone should be expecting that. You should all have that same yeah. mindset going into that first term. Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't agree with you more. 
<laughs> Malcolm Stewart coming uh, coming over on uh, on uh, Plessinger and Plessinger having the moment that he did isn't a whole lot different than uh, say uh, 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 a grizzled veteran seeing a rookie on the ice and smacking the stick out of his hands. The kid should expect a little bit of uh, um, uh, of physicality out there, and when he wasn't prepared for it, that's what threw him off the most. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, agree. I just I couldn't agree more. I just wanted to know what you thought because I know I yeah. immediately had my opinion, and it was that like, what do you all expect? Like, there's 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 it's done that way on purpose. There isn't a, a smaller amount of real estate towards the end on accident. That's how it is because it's racing, and you got to get you got to get a wheel on a guy. You have to get you get physical, and I and I just thought that was kind of weird that uh, passenger thought that. And I mean, but at the same time, adrenaline's going, and and you're gonna say those things actually. I believe Mookie on the podium said that Plessinger had a chance to just punt him in the, in the main. And I actually yeah. seen that replay and it almost looked like Plessinger grabbed a handful and beelined it toward him and then shut it off and let Mookie go. Uh, I don't know if he was getting lapped at that point or passed, depending on what time Mookie uh, pulled off. But, the, you know, it, that was nice. Some maturity on Plessinger's part not to retaliate even when he thought he was done yeah. dirty. Or maybe he went back to the truck and realized that, you know what? Yeah, I guess. I get it. So it was good. No, no, Did close you? racing, and uh, as fans appreciate it, because uh, uh, not too often do I find myself jumping out of my couch to, uh, to to get excited about these races. And these guys are really uh, providing great racing. Um, one of the things I wanted to touch on was uh, the fa- we, like we said, I had we had three guys, three digit numbers. I think all three rookies, unless Paul Coates has been at it for quite uh, quite longer than I thought he has. Um, mm-hmm. Three guys. In the top ten, uh, and uh, Paul Coates, regardless of all of the crazy things that went on during this race, he started ninth. He finished ninth. A really consistent night for the guy who was uh, uh, just about outside the top uh, top twenty. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that just speaks to the what we were saying earlier about the you know the questionable depth and um, through the class. Same thing with. I believe it was Rodriguez. I always check on Rodriguez, and I think he kind of just minded his business in his place and kind of hung out. Um, yeah. I want to give a shout out to I believe his name is Logan Carnell. Yeah, with the I, with the big MX logos on his jersey. Is that does he have those? Yeah, I've, oh. uh, I'm su- supporting that team with some some media exposure, and he's got the the big MX logo on those uh, on his strict gear. Oh, no way. I, I was just, yeah. you know, I, I seen him after the LCQ and, you know, all that emotion he was showing up. And I thought that was really cool. And I love, like, that's the one thing about the East Coast is, again, like, it's just, it's so, we're telling it how it is, but it's just so cool to see guys get into the main that might not be getting to the main every weekend. Yeah. And, and it's great to see that emotion and it makes you as a rider who probably would never or will never make a main event in your life, just be like, yeah, no, he's a dude, one for, one for the good guys. You know what I mean? So it was great to see. And, and he was pumped and got some points, man. So that was cool. Absolutely. Now, before we leave uh, the two fifties, um, uh, cause we're, time is running out on the first period, which is going to be, uh, is for, for, is for, uh, held down for the two fifties. Um, <laughs> where do you see this series going forward? Obviously we're going to get, uh, uh, Davalos back. Uh, he, he, he had to 
he was stuck in the USA. He will say uh, his team says family issues. I think both of us uh, know that it's uh, it was a problem with his visa. He wouldn't be allowed back in the country afterward. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, w- w- first of all, address uh, the Martin Davalos issue, and then uh, um, w- where do you see this this class going forward with uh, these three t- four top contenders, including Mookie? Uh, yeah, that Davos thing, that's a tricky situation. Um, I'm fine with the team. Like, we, everyone knew, if, like, you just have to read Racer X or any other publication that he was having visa issues. With that being said, like, as someone who has moved from one country to another, I know how much paperwork is involved, and it's an absolute it's a nightmare. But um, it's a family issue, man. So I'm cool with it if they want to keep tight-lipped and not address it and just kind of hope it goes away because it's a bummer, man. And, and and not like not only does he gonna have some issues like to go racing in Toronto. I mean now he has issues literally, day to day life. So it's definitely family. I hope he gets that figured out because I know that's no fun. And, and as far as the series goes, man, it it, it depends where these guys want to take it. Can Jeremy Martin hold together for the rest of the season? Can Justin Hill reach the potential everybody knows he can get to? Can Malcolm Stewart yeah. keep it together? Can you know what I mean? Like. Mookie, he's the same deal. He's he's not proven. I don't know. He's won one race on the West Coast, right? He, he hasn't like. Yeah. I just don't know it, and that's the thing. When I was saying earlier that as bad as this is for Davalos, it's not that bad because I still think you have four question marks. That oh, all four of those guys could crash out for all four of those races, or like one of them could crash out in every race remaining. It, it, dude, Tyler Bowers could still win a title. I don't know. I, that's how. That's how. Like, to me, this is a question mark. There's just no one. I've seen great races of everyone, but everyone's had great races. And I just, I need to yeah. see as great as Martin and, and Stewart's wise were. I just need to see that again. The minute one of those two does it again, I, I'm gonna be totally sold. That like whoever backs up their rides this weekend, I believe in. And then whoever doesn't, I'm, I'm keeping the same judgment I've had on them where there's question marks. So we'll, this weekend in Detroit will tell me a lot, and then we'll take three weeks off. Then we'll take three weeks off. And uh, I, I don't know what's more shocking so far that Malcolm Stewart has not topped the podium uh, at, at, on the East, which is, uh, I think we both agree, is a little bit uh, weaker than the West was last year. Then uh, he was able to get a win. Or the fact that the uh, the top ten in this series right now is uh, is rounded out by Matt Bichalia, Benny Bloss, Alexander Fry, Jesse Wentland, and, uh, yeah, those those four guys. Yeah. I think he's stronger on the East Coast, but I still think he got a little more credit than he deserved at the beginning of the season because, yeah, he won the West Coast race last year. And you know who got second, I believe, that race? Jeremy or Alex Martin. Like, I Alex think Martin, yeah, he, that's right. He, he won a race that was kind of eh, kind of questionable, like this yeah. weekend was. And what did he do besides that all year? I don't really remember. I know he had a really good off season to vote a lot, but. I just think that like one straight rhythm, bro. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but to, 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 yeah, but I mean, I know a lot of people, I mean, people had a first title, the title favorite. I'm like, really? I don't know, man. Like that was the title favorite to me until he messed around. But I, th- anyway. I, I, I still like Davalos for the championship over, over Stewart and uh, they're 10 points different right now. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like 20 points is not a lot. 
I mean, look at look at the yeah. West Coast. Cooper Webb was a lock to go undefeated. I mean, I'm sure you read all the forms. Like, it was done. I did. Dude, stuff happens. And Oh, and the fact that we have Vegas where this is connected, um, Davalos could go out and win that, and the closest next guy could be um, outside. Like, could be if Jeremy Martin got uh, got even if he got tenth at the or eleventh at the uh, in Vegas, say if he like by 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 yeah. some magic he got he got eleventh, um, and 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 Martin Davalos wins. That's a fifteen point swing right there. Yeah. Well, so, and that's I, I mean that's another conversation we could have. I don't I don't necessarily like that is where the true depth of each class's talent will be shown. I, and, and I'm not pumped that it's like, I don't like that combined deal. I, I think that's, that just sucks for the guys on the East coast because I don't think at that point, a championship can be decided because of five guys on a different coast. Yeah, totally. Like I, I don't know. I don't know whose idea that was, but I was kind of bummed on that, but again, like, well, they used to do that. Right. So I think they're trying to go back to uh, like, see, see what these guys are like when they, um, when they they mix and also bring some uh so, some some weight to that race because uh, in years past when it was just when the the championships were already decided and like I do, don't know do I even really need to show up like we've had a couple yeah. of years where uh, uh the the top contenders or the top guys that could could have done well didn't uh, didn't even race. No, no, you're right. I mean, it is it, it will definitely bring something to that you know 15 lap main event that have had in the past however many years it's just uh gosh there'll be some bad guys on the east coast <laughs> if, they, if it uh if it plays out like that it'll be uh interesting oh yeah like uh by all by all accounts uh right now uh like i wouldn't be surprised to see uh like we could legitimately be talking about a race where arno tonis and uh tyler bowers are outside the top 15 Oh, without a doubt. Without a yeah. doubt. So and yeah. the, neither guy would be pumped about that result. Uh, but with that said, uh, let's blow the whistle on the 250s, head on over to the 450s. We're going to throw it to commercial break right now. We'll be right back with the second period of action here on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show here with uh, Christopher Lelit. Hey, everybody. This is Jimmy Button, former factory supercross rider. You're listening to the Big MX Radio Show. We're going to take it to a commercial, and we'll be right back. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You, too, can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable, sweat-absorbing liner and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice or just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well... You better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. X-Racing Man. But more than Fox, what Big Jeff likes. 
Cereal bees, Imigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat ball. When it comes to helmets, there is just one. The helmet brand, that is. Just One Helmets is tailor-made for motocross and street bike riding, and now available in North America. Who chooses Just One? Well, for starters, Tim Geiser, winner of the Italian round in MX2, David Philipparts, Vicky Golden, Trevor Reese, as well as David Pulley. And you know what? So do I. I choose Just One Helmets because they're simply the safest, lightest, and most comfortable lid available. Want to know more about Just One Helmets? Check them out on the web at www.justonehelmets.com. Find out about the J12, the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. Two thousand and fourteen X Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatterax, Volcano, and Phantom Goggle, X Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys who are building wheels for Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up, guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown rebuild on your forks or, or shock. Call up Roy Borden today at 204-633-2722.
Bill's Pipes, the home of legendary performance. Since 1974, Bill's Pipes has been providing motocross and off-road riders the performance they need. Two-stroke or four-stroke, Bill's Pipes has the exhaust system for you. In recent years, we've seen a resurgence of the Bill's Pipes brand, and that's great news. And that's great news for motocross racers everywhere. For four-strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to dominate the fight on any brand. For you two-stroke guys, the MX2 Bill's Pipes exhaust system is the right one for the job and comes in works, nickel, and the all-new cone-look finish that'll turn heads all day long. Head to Bill'sPipes.com right now and get the same pipe used by Billy Lidinovich, Vicky Golden, the JMR Suzuki team, Jesse Pierce, Nico Izzy, and David Cole. Bill's Pipes is craftsmanship at its finest. So go with Bill's Pipes and never settle. Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know if, why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. And we're back. Big MX Radio Podcast. Ready to drop the puck on the 450 class. These guys uh, are the class of the field. These are the greatest racers of, uh, of on motocross, both indoors and out. They prove it every single year uh, without fail. Um, but uh, th- this race uh, provided uh, uh, some serious fireworks and uh, a lot of uh, I wouldn't say as much uncertainty as the 250s, but uh, definitely, uh, like in the last little while, we've seen a lot of guys, uh, like in the last five races, we've had uh, four different winners. So um, where do you want to start with this? Do you want to talk about uh, Ken Roxon grabbing the win? Or uh, do you want to talk about uh, Ryan Dungey finally um, taking uh, the stranglehold of his uh, the podium streak at, uh, I believe it's 27 or 28? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I want to. I want to acknowledge the fact that Justin Bogle is still alive. I uh, yes. That that scared me. I, I mean, the crash is one thing, but I just hate seeing that. Um, a lot of guys get really hurt in rhythm sections like that. Um, so close to after the first turn, but um, he's he's okay, and that's good. Reed went down. A lot of guys went out in this race, but uh, Ken Roxton, kind of similar to, to Justin Hill. I mean, he did what he had to do. He got the start on a tricky start and he put in a good clean laps at the beginning and made his pass when he needed to and he, and he took off. So it was cool to see and chip away at that lead. Um, Marvin, I was pumped to see the aggression from Marvin. Like he's ready to win. He is ready to win. It's only a matter of time. Marvin is going to win and uh, he deserves that big time. So, I totally agree. You know, um, Marvin has really uh, picked it up a notch. I think it's something that's clicked with them at the practice track where they, they work with uh, uh, with Alden. And, and I think uh, getting back to Florida was a big thing for him. And uh, But he, he's he's a, a mainstay. He is a regular uh, in, in, in that top three now. And I think uh, going forward as far as uh, um, like – Fantasy motocross and uh, and and wins is concerned. I think you can see uh, you could start keeping them inside that top five, absolutely single every week, closer to the top of it as well. Yeah, well, I think he in a lot of ways is like Dungy in the fact that he's very technically sound and he's very smooth and you know really good supercross rider. And 
not only is that clicking for him, but now he's finally finding that speed that he maybe lacked at the beginning of the season, you know, just figuring it out, getting over that wrist injury. And I got to think he's going to be giving Dungy fits for the rest of the year. You know, if, if Dungy stays up for the rest of the year, I don't know. That was another exciting element to the race just to see that Dungy is human. You know, he, he uh, had that podium streak on the line and it, it, it almost slipped away. So, that is a positive looking forward that we'll have to get to see some good racing. No doubt. Now, uh, let's talk a little bit about that first tr- uh, first lap uh, crash with uh, with Justin Bogle. I know you touched on it, but uh, like the fact is is that uh, these guys are super tight confines and jumping into that rhythm section um, and uh, it's 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 just. Uh, kind of a fluke rider error by by Bogle, but we see the consequences is that uh, quite a few contenders kind of get get caught up in it, and uh, um, it, it really kind of uh, it shaped the way the rest of the race played out. Uh, hopefully, uh, uh, Bogle's okay, and we'll see him in, uh, in Detroit. But uh, how much do you do you think that that crash affected uh, the laps that would proceed or that uh, would would follow? I, I think when something like that happens on the first lap everyone's heart rates that is near that incident just spike like crazy. And I yeah. think it shows at the end. Uh, it, it was one of those, I know a lot of people have a lot to say about rhythm sections being after the first turn or where, you know, their placement and they need to have some separation before they get into the real technical stuff. But the fact of the matter is you only have so much room on a supercross track and it needs to be technical. I know, I heard a lot of people complaining about the transitions this weekend, and it, it kind of looked to me like that might add a little bit to do with Justin error because <laughs> that was look like me a little bit. Um, but you know, it, it's a bummer, man. And, and I can't remember exactly who all got caught up in it, but I know like, I, I think it definitely affected Tomac. I think he used a lot of energy to take it over to the left of Bogo. And he just like got off. He got out, but then he faded for the entire race. And it was either that or my, you know, assumptions of Tomac and Daytona were absolutely right. Where he just it was in it was in Daytona, and that's it. And he still hasn't figured that bike out. And when it's really technical and, and tight, he, he just doesn't. He's not there yet. So. Oh, he switched to the the the. Uh, conventional spring fork so uh um i would say that yeah he's definitely not uh not dialed in with that bike these guys talk about oh making like the tiniest changes being a big deal changing uh how the geometry of your motorcycle midweek heading into uh, a supercross on soil that uh, probably don't come across too often um it's that that's got to be a huge uh, curveball and uh, i gotta start to think that at some point uh, with what are we uh, about? We're seven rounds away, eight weeks away from starting uh, the outdoor series. Uh, when does uh, Eli Tomac's uh, mind start to switch over to uh, getting his bike settled and ready to go for uh, for outdoors rather than chasing down uh, wins in Supercross? See, that's funny because I thought after Daytona, the thought in my head was, <laughs> I bet you he's been testing that fork for Daytona for like the last three weeks and just kind of gave up on Supercross. And then after Daytona, we'll just kind of transition into outdoor testing. Um, yeah, outdoor. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, uh, I don't think they've thrown in the towel, but I think the, the towels, you know, wrapped, you know, balled up in the hand ready to be thrown. I think 
Yeah. You know, he he was hard to hard to win a championship and whether he was still hurt from his shoulder surgeries or he's just sixty three points down. Like Yeah, I mean I mean I just I don't know what it is. They're never gonna admit that it's hundred percent the bike. And no. is is he just not dealing with that bike? I mean maybe, man. Uh, now with him, like I'm not even I'm not even it's not that I'm not paying attention to him because he might, you know, string off one win here or there or, you know, at least a podium, but I'm just really excited to see him outdoors. Like, I can't wait to go to Hangtown. I want to see – that's what I'm curious about now. Is, is he just – is it going to come together outdoors, or is this a sign of what's to come on this green bike? Did he make a mistake leaving? Did he? I don't know. I know the last well, time I seen him on a – last time I seen him on a red bike, holy man, before he crashed, like, holy man. He, he was insane. Well, I, he was one with the bike. When you're riding for a company like Honda, this is the the biggest manufacturer of two-wheeled anythings in the world. Who's mm-hmm. got more money for research and development? Who's got a bigger budget for to develop, develop a race bike? Who's got access to uh, the unobtainiums of the world? And you're going to leave that scenario to go somewhere else? Like I, I had a huge eyebrow raised, uh, especially because I, I believe that Honda uh, made a comparable uh, uh, bid for his services as Cowie did. Um, but uh, yeah, who knows? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be a complete disaster for him. I think that outdoors he's going to find uh, at least a little bit more uh, consistent speed and, uh, and and being up with uh, Ryan and and Roxon uh, outdoors. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think if I'm if I'm Eli Tomac, when I go home back to I think he's going back to um, uh, Colorado full time right now. He's going back. Like that's full time, full time outdoors, and then on weekends he hasn't forgot about how to how to race Supercross, and he'll yeah. put in rides. I can you can pencil him in from uh, hey maybe he does win a race, but he'd have to get a start to do it. But I would honestly pencil him in anywhere from uh, fifth uh, through or sixth through second for the rest of the year, uh, unless he uh, pulls a, a massive hole shot with uh, with some help. Yeah, well, I mean. To answer your question, I don't think Honda has that monster money. <laughs> I think uh, no, they don't. I think no, I think that played a, I think that played a big part. And you know, I would almost put the switch how it's gone so far slightly comparable to Barcelona leaving Honda. I mean, if you, if you peel all the layers back, do you say that that was an absolute success? No, I, I, I would definitely not say that. Definitely not. But the funny thing is, is when Barsha walked away from that bike, he wasn't just totally on fire winning races where Tomac was. Like that, you know what I mean? Like if he stayed on that bike outdoors all year, just totally waxed everyone, made that switch, and then this is what we got. I got to think people are really, really bummed. I think the only thing that's saving him, not, this is a silly thing to say, but I mean, is that shoulder surgery that he has to fall back on. And not to say that's not a, a, a excuse. I'm just saying, like, it's the bike or your shoulders. What is it? Because you knew how to win before. You were fast. That's the thing. He doesn't even have that. He's not even, like, you know how, like, he used to be the fastest guy on the track, arguably almost every weekend. Like, he's just yeah. going to knock out this lap right now. It's going to be insane. He doesn't have that on the bike. And it's either his shoulders or his bike. And right now, I think it's a bike. Just one second. I have to kill my dog. 
Sorry. I'll be right back. Yeah. I'm going to kill you, Newton. Oh, I'm going to kill that dog. All <laughs> right, so we're back. As you were saying. Uh, I don't know. What was I saying? Oh, um, yeah, I, just, I don't think they have the bike figured out. I don't think they have the bike figured out yet. I think his shoulders are fine, and they just don't have the bike figured out yet. I've never... I have not been, obviously I haven't been on a, you know, a newer Kawasaki or Honda, so I don't know how they compare, but obviously they don't because you just, it's it's a totally different person out there and hopefully they get figured out or hopefully they go, he's, I guess he's an outdoor guy. I don't know. We'll see. I I think you're totally right. I don't think they have uh, that proper base setup that he he can always go back to, that old faithful that he can still go fast. I think uh, when when you're chasing setup like that with these guys – it's sometimes you can just go the like completely lost going the wrong way. And, uh, um, I think his results are suffering because of it. And that's why I am reluctant to, to throw him at the top of, uh, of my, uh, my picks as far as, uh, fantasy motocross has gone. And that's actually <coughs> been helping me out because, um, I slot him in right around fourth so far this year. And he, and he's been that. Um, but, uh, let's talk, let's continue talking about a little bit, a few, few of the other guys, uh, in the class who performed well this weekend, uh, and that's uh, the 94. Is a German uh, who qualified sixth. He started second. He led 19 laps. He made it look easy. Um, must be liking that Suzuki. Must be loving that team. I couldn't imagine him going anywhere now. Uh, well, I think he will <laughs> be on a Honda next year. <laughs> unfortunately. I believe so. That's correct. Uh, if you're a team, like as as a team manager, you see, you know, your guy's going somewhere else next year. You see him winning races. Are you like, is it kind of a bit, a little bit bittersweet? It's like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's got to be weird, man. Um, I just like he's he's just winning off his talent. Like I think he is a guy that can go on any bike and win. I do think that. I think there's a lot to say for guys who just stay on the same bike and, and, you know, ride it. Like, I think what you're seeing is all these guys are doing bikes and the grass is definitely not green on the other side. I mean, Roxon won a title on a KTM and he hasn't really been title formed in either class on Suzuki. He's winning here and there, which is great. But like, that's another switch where I kind of think to myself, man, maybe you shouldn't have done it. And I know that there's, I know there's varying factors where, it's hard to have two like dominant riders on the same team in respect yeah. to Dungey and, and him that year. But and the fact like, that Mark Musquin was was coming up as well. Like, you'd have three guys that uh, could be contesting for wins. That's yeah, like shades I mean, of Honda two thousand or nineteen ninety one. Yeah, yeah, and and that's got to be really hard to navigate. But yeah, no, he he he's good, man. I, I gosh, I hope we see Dungey not. Get, craft but tip over a couple times a season because i think it it makes it fun to watch you know it's cool like it gives you that little glimmer of hope that we're gonna have a series so i like it man could just have his bike mouth like just like completely lock up on like about five feet away from the start like the starting gate during a main event um in detroit maybe 
and just like and just like the give up twenty five points, have Ken Roxon win, and we will be looking at a twenty six point uh, differential or a, a sixteen point differential uh, going into um, going into the final couple of rounds. That would uh, would inject some, uh, uh, yeah. some excitement into things. Otherwise, yeah, he's got uh, thirty four points, and see you later. Yeah. Yes, please. I would like for that to happen as long as he walks away nice and safe. And yeah, that's fine. No, you know, he just steps off the bike, frustrated, yeah, walks yeah. back to the pits, all upset. Yeah, frustrated, but so, yeah, still walking. Yeah, I'm cool with that. That would make me happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really, it really would. I just like. I think we talked about it last time. I just, just something to be emotionally engaged with the series through the entire time. Which, hey, man, I guess I kind of I'm talking crazy because I don't like the idea of that 250 class. But they switched it up, and it's sure going to be interesting. Like, I'm going to be watching in Vegas. I'm going to be paying attention to what's going on, right, with the East-West. So um, it's cool, man, and and hopefully they come down to Vegas. I really do hope. And I don't care if Benji wins. I just want to come down to Vegas. So we'll see. But at this rate, at this rate, who knows? Because, like, even, yeah, man, Roxon won. He wrote great, and he, he, he had everyone covered. But that's five points. You know, yeah, I don't have the math in front of me, but that's, you know, five, six rounds left. You're still, you're going to have to win out. Didn't Reed do that back in like 2000 something? He won like the last seven rounds and Carmichael just cruised her home. Okay. Oh, three. He, uh, yeah. he won the last six rounds, but uh, Ricky just had like a 40 point lead at some point and just kind of bled mm-hmm. out and mm-hmm. still ended up taking it home. And uh, yeah, like, yeah. That, that's yeah. where I don't know where you stand on the whole chase thing goes, but uh, honestly, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be too against it because I think in the long run, the guy who the best guy is still going to win the championship. Yeah, no, yeah, usually I mean, and that's the thing too, like like Roxon won this weekend, and we're like, yeah, Roxon won great, but I mean, he's still down thirty five points, and I think if even if like that year, like yeah, Reed won out, but everyone's like, yeah, Reed won out, but I mean, how much just cruising home? So it also kind of takes away from the victory. Whereas like when you're closer with the chase system, every win means something a, a little more, right? Like it's like it's like when Golden State's playing someone and they're beating them one hundred and thirty to seventy. Every yeah. that, like the, the other team can just play on real. For the rest of the game, but it's not going to matter. I mean, they could have highlight after highlight after highlight. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, but they got clipped. It was brutal. Yeah. So no, no, no kidding. It's the same um, thing. But did, um, hey, hey, for... did you see? Did you see? There's a video online. Did you see Anderson triple quad? Yeah, that was in real. <laughs> I, 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 I was uh, surfing uh, Instagram late that night when he posted it about five, like two minutes before he, after he posted it. You see him drop into that thing, and it's literally like a video game. Like it's yeah. like he just drops it, and you yeah, he's just like, "Holy crap!" He gets out there. Yeah, like no, that's he, he's an animal, and he looked so smooth doing it. It's not like he like and like did, did he size that thing up in practice at all? Like I didn't. I don't think he like he definitely didn't jump it. So all of a sudden in the main event, you're just gonna start going triple quad and like make the corner no problem, like. If I try that, I'm in the stands. Yeah, that's that's the thing, right? Like I watch, I'm like, that's awesome, but then I'm like, I don't want to see that because if he clips that <laughs> that last lip and then like, gets out of shape for that turn, oh my gosh! Like I don't, I yeah. that's that's what is insane about Supercross, and that's what 
a, you know, a fan that shows up on a Saturday night and is watching the race, you know, they, they're, the excitement, it's cool, but it, unless you really understand the technical aspect behind everything, you like the Anderson's crazy. That was nuts. But I like the part that I appreciate is that he's willing to make that corner. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not, he's in the air and that's cool. And everyone likes to get big air, but the commitment and, and knowing that, yeah, I'll make that corner. That's what's crazy to me. Well, it was that big. clip should be the the next ad for I think it's Brembo brakes or Gal, is it Galfer that they use I think it's, yeah they use ah. Galfer Galfer brakes should should be using them as uh, that should be their uh, their ad yeah yeah like, they you do can that. get stopped for a, a turn uh, uh, if you do something crazy like that or he should switch to SKF like us at Intech that that's what he should too. do yeah that's what I like. <laughs> Got gotta fly the flag, of course. Uh, for those uh, who don't don't already know, uh, Slayton Racing's team over here, uh, Chris Elliott, uh, always flying the the Slayton Racing flag and pumping the sponsors here and there. Um, but uh, unfortunately, uh, for the 450 class, the time is up, and uh, we gotta we gotta blow the whistle on these guys. But when we come back from these messages from Bill's Pipes Fly Racing, and of course W Wheels, uh, we're gonna break down a little bit of the preview towards uh, Detroit. We'll be right back with Chris. Elliot here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Jimmy Button, former factory Supercross rider. You're listening to the Big MX Radio Show. We're going to take it to a commercial. We'll be right back. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable sweat-absorbing liner and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a... That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. X-Racing Man. But more than bikes, what Big Jeff likes is a fat bowl. Amigos with bran. Fat bowl. Amigos with bran. Oats for power. Brands for speed. Cereal bees, Emigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. When it comes to helmets, there is just one. The helmet brand, that is. Just One Helmets is tailor-made for motocross and street bike riding, and now available in North America. Who chooses Just One? Well, for starters, Tim Geiser, winner of the Italian round in MX2, David Philipparts, Vicky Golden, Trevor Reese, as well as David Pulley. And you know what? So do I. I choose Just One Helmets because they're simply the safest, lightest, and most comfortable lid available. Want to know more about Just One Helmets? Check them out on the web at www.justonehelmets.com. Find out about the J12, 
the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. Two thousand and fourteen X Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano and Phantom Goggle, X Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear offs, zip off systems, nose guard and more. Check out EKSBrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up, guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown full rebuild on your forks or, or shock, call up Roy Borden today at 204-633-2722. Bill's Pipes, the home of legendary performance. Since 1974, Bill's Pipes has been providing motocross and off-road riders the performance they need. Two-stroke or four-stroke, Bill's Pipes has the exhaust system for you. In recent years, we've seen a resurgence of the Bill's Pipes brand, and that's great news. And that's great news for motocross racers everywhere. For four-strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to dominate the fight on any brand. For you two-stroke guys, the MX2 Bill's Pipes exhaust system is the right one for the job and comes in works, nickel, and the all-new cone-look finish that'll turn heads all day long. Head to BillsPipes.com right now 
and get the same pipe used by Billy Leninovich, Vicky Golden, the JMR Suzuki team, Jesse Pierce, Nico Izzy, and David Cole. Bill's Pipes is craftsmanship at its finest. So go with Bill's Pipes and never settle. Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know if, why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. And we're back. Big MX Radio Podcast, taking a look ahead at the Detroit Supercross at uh, Ford Field. Um, Chris, um, we, we love going to uh, Detroit. Uh, of course, Pontiac back in the day was uh, used to be a double event that we liked it so much we hit it twice. Uh, but um, last year we went into the stands. Not so much this year. Uh, it's, it's all on the floor. Uh, what are you looking forward to about, uh, about Detroit? When you look at the track map, it looks pretty exciting. Another left-handed start, by the way. That, I mean, I honestly, I'm interested in the start because I think the start played such a huge factor this weekend. I'm ho- I'm hoping similar this weekend. Like I hope we get some, some uh, interesting starts and I'm, and I hope it makes the racing interesting. That's what I want. Everyone can do triples. Everyone can do quads, this and that, but I just, I need some separation and I'm hoping it's going to be the left handed start again. So should we just have left-handed starts at every race? Like, of course we we we're like we're like we gotta stay away from that. But maybe that's the key to good racing is to have a left-handed start because uh, this is a left-handed start jumping into a double. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting, man. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I'm just two, three, three, two is is what it looks like. Someone's gonna yeah. quad that for sure. Someone's gonna yeah. quad in there. Probably Stu. No, Stu's not good. <laughs> Stu, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be. I, I, from what it looks like to me, you could be completely like. I don't know if you're you're looking at the same thing I am. That's two sliding into three three two out and into another left handed corner into another left handed corner. Yeah, it 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 yeah, might yeah. be the exact same scenario <laughs> as this weekend where the start plays a huge factor. Serious, like this. That that's pretty pretty wild. And actually, uh, looking at the uh, what they they wanted to do for actually, if we would have done this for uh, the last week to look at the the track map for uh, Detroit or for Toronto, we would have come up with a completely different track. <laughs> that is not at all what I saw this weekend. No, I know. Uh, so maybe yeah, this isn't we'll even see. what we're gonna get. Nah, it'll well. Stuff does change. I mean, it depends. Like, once they get the dirt and they start building them, sometimes it changes. You just hope that they change it at the beginning and don't change it halfway through. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. Uh, well, uh, regardless, oh, well, maybe no. How far? Hey, how far is Toronto from Detroit? Uh, not far at all. Um, Detroit is on the other side of. Is it Kitchener? Ontario, so, so it, it's not far. Similar dirt, similar dirt, or is it? No, different. Uh, probably more clayish dirt, not so much uh, rocky. Like that's yeah, what that's yeah. what uh, um, that's what guys were uh, getting flat tires out there. There, I know. I love how Ralph Shaheen was like, "Oh, there's something out there on the track, flattening tires, as if there's a freaking gremlin hiding in the soil." But yeah. uh, um, 
Um, but no, that uh, it should be uh, more clay, probably uh, even have a little bit more traction uh, than than years past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Toronto. I mean, I'm surprised that wasn't addressed or really talked about leading up. I mean, they, we always have problems with rocks in Toronto. Like I've, I've, I mean, I've probably picked out 400 rocks out of Toronto tracks over the years, just walking around and stay flat tires, and that's definitely what was getting those guys. Um, I mean, maybe what Ralph meant was like one specific rut had a rock in it. Maybe not a gremlin. I don't know, but who knows? You're giving him way too much credit. I guess. I guess, I guess, I guess. <laughs> but uh, re- nevertheless, like we're heading into Ford Field. We're to D- Detroit. Um, guys who will feel at home uh, are, are f- probably uh, the, the central guys. Nick Wake obviously comes to mind because uh, this very well could be the last time that uh, NYK is, is back here. But uh, I think they make pretty good use of the floor here. I see two decently long sets of whoops, like a super long set. Um uh, before the finish line, that like that almost looks like sixty yards worth of with a worth of whoops, which is which is pretty uh, pretty impressive. But uh, some cool rhythm sections, uh, a couple of dedicated triples, and um, yeah, like short of using the uh, the over under bridge, uh, this thing's this track seems to have it all, including that left handed start, which you mentioned um, could throw a wrench into things uh, even further in in, uh, in the two fifty class where uh, things are already on the ear. Like imagine if uh, Davalos gets the gets the whole shot and um, Martin and Mookie are, are are tangled up in the first corner again. Yeah, well, I mean, it, like you said, they're making good use of the floor, and I think a lot of you know, a lot of the time it's lap times, and that's like if like if I'm doing fantasy moto, and I have to decide yeah. whether I want to pick Hill or Martin, and I gotta assume they're both getting good starts. I gotta think the longer lap times are gonna benefit Martin. Same like the longer lap time is gonna benefit a guy like Nick Way. You know what I mean? Or yeah. arguably Eli Tomac if he can get. I I don't know. I'm just saying like the longer lap time, that's what we're getting down to in this 250 ETH especially is little things like that where all four of these guys are kind of the question marks, same kind of question marks for, you know, for different reasons, but on that same, like, I don't know, level, it's all going to come down to a little detail. It's going to come down to the dirt. It's going to come down to lap times. It's going to come down to whoops. People have said Jeremy Martin's not very good in whoops. I would argue that he's gotten that figured out. You know, Mookie's good in whoops. Yeah. Bowers is good. Like, it just depends. Justin Hill is really good. Like, it, that's what it's going to come down to. That these coaches, the type of tracks, the lap times, and the dirt more than ever. Like, I know that's always a factor, but I just think this time more than ever in the 250 will that be a factor? Well, let's be honest. The only two guys in professional motocross that really get their uh, um, get out of sorts with a big whoop section is Mike Alessi and Jimmy Dakotas because he's miniature. <laughs> yeah. Where did unless oh, he got thirteenth this weekend? He's quietly having a good year. He is actually, he, and 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 the the keyword quietly on that one, literally like just yeah. kind of putting in rides. Although super quietly, Nick Way with a fourteenth, not so bad at all. No, see, like back to last week with like Nick Way, and everyone has this opinion. So I'm not, you know, I'm not breaking any uh, blowing any minds here. But like, you never know if he's going to make that main because he doesn't have that. And he, maybe he had it at one point, obviously, but he doesn't have that just flash speed anymore that could just get him into the main, no problem. Like, he's like, is yeah. he going to make the main? But he when he's in the main. In the semi. 
Yeah, in the main, he's, you know, he's a 10 to 15 all day. All day. Whereas, like, Josh Graham last week, and I'm like, oh, he's in the main for sure. Like, I remember saying to you, like, I wouldn't have been surprised if he won a heat race. I'm more surprised he finished seventh because I would yeah. think Josh is a for sure for the main, but then a for sure, like, 18th, 19th with a crash or a fade. That's what I thought. So, if Nick's in the, if Nick's in the main, he, he's in the race. It's cool. Totally agree. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, Nick Way, uh, a guy who uh, just a great representative for the sport ambassador. And uh, I love his approach to it because at the end of the day, regardless of uh, he always wants to, to have good results. But uh, first and foremost, he wants to look cool. And uh, as far as like uh, my priority book goes, that's my my uh, my mantra as well. Like if, if I if my if my gear look good and I didn't get super dirty during the moto, uh, regardless of that number on the sheet, I, I feel like I had a good night. Buddy, I've taken over the stylist duties of Zach Commons for Santa Clara. You wait to see. So he's not day. wearing FXR anymore. Nah, he's wearing FXR, but you just wait. <laughs> you, you just wait. You wait to see the ensemble, the whole uh, the whole kit. Do you, is he wearing the black stuff? Because like of all the of all the FXR stuff, I like the like the the black tuxedo look, the black and the white. No, he ain't wearing that. You ain't gonna miss him, buddy. You'll see. You'll see. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? I know what he's wearing. I know what he's wearing. No, you just wait. But and then I got no. You already made, you already spilled the beans to me off air last week, so uh, um, I, I already know what he's wearing. So, but uh, no, you will not be able to miss Zach Commons uh, when the the series goes back to the West. Uh, how many weeks is that from now? Three weeks from now? Four weeks from now? April April second, we're down there, I believe. Okay, yeah, I think so there's three. Detroit a break, and then yeah, so yeah, and then Santa Clara, and then another three week break before. Uh, uh, things come back, and uh, if you look at the uh, the AMA sheets, Vegas is not on the list. Really? Yeah, it's it's it says rounds. It, it's like for the championship. It's showing. Uh, uh, it's it it shows that um, East Rutherford is the last round as far as you're looking. At, oh, if you look at the Supercross points. So is that why it says? Because when I look at. The no, that would make sense. It says round ten of sixteen on result sheets on AMA. Is there seventeen rounds? There's know, seventeen. That's the worst rounds. question in the world. That's what I said. I looked at that. I'm like, gosh. And then I'm like, well, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I said. Who, whoever came up with seventeen rounds, though? Why seventeen? That is the yeah. that is the weirdest number you could possibly come up with. It's not eighteen where you have like nine and nine. It's like. I guess it's because Vegas is uh, was always separate from the either 250 round, but like mm-hmm. it shouldn't be. And uh, like I don't know. I that, think they that, should that, go. Like, I, I have always hated that. It like people always ask, why is it 17 rounds? Yeah. I, I, no, I don't know. I think I think it should go to 20 rounds for Supercross and eight rounds for outdoors. Yeah, and then go back to they can do. Um, 20 rounds of outdoors. You hit Toronto, <laughs> Montreal. No, indoor. Uh, not outdoor. <laughs> no, I'm talking about, yeah, for, for Supercross. You, like, you can oh, get, yeah. Uh, cool like, they, they can go to the Big O in no, Montreal. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, man, I, I've never had to deal with it, but apparently it's a huge pain in the ass to come to Canada. Oh, as for far sure. As, I guarantee it is. Yeah. I live here and it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, like, I mean, anyone that's ever tried to, like, go visit, you know, if you live in near the Michigan area, like drive across to visit for the weekend, you know that sometimes 
depending on who you get crossing the border, it can mean the difference between having your doors ripped apart and just being let go. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it just depends. And uh, I can't imagine it's very easy for these guys to drive these transports across for just, oh, we're just going to be here for like 48 hours. You know what I mean? Like sometimes. Yeah. And we're coming back with a truck uh, full of the of brand new shit. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the thing. Like people are like, oh, because I know Dean Wilson had problems with immigration a few years back and, and obviously Davos had it and everyone's like, well, you're telling me they can't. Da, da, da. Like, no, they don't give a shit. If you don't do your paperwork and you don't have your things in line, beat it. No. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he can like hide under a blanket on the way in and on, on the way out. Like, Well, yeah, I don't recommend that for sure. But it, like, it's just, you, you, that's one of those things. And it's the same. That's like the point I'm making. I see these teams too. Like there's tons of paperwork and tons of things you have to have prepared. And if you don't have prepared, it's going to be a nightmare. But if you haven't prepared, it won't be as bad as a nightmare. So I know a lot of teams yeah. don't want to do it. Like I've heard tons of teams like we don't want to go to Canada. We do not want to go to Canada. But to me, the fact, cause I know, I think they're in it for another three years, another three year uh, deal. Yeah. And I, I like Toronto, man. I honestly, I would have loved to have gone this year. If, if Cole was on a 350, I would have been there. And I mean, in the last, I did, obviously not last year, but the, you know, I, three or four years in a row, I made sure I made it there, and it's such a cool race. It really is. It's yeah, and it's uh, it's basically all the Canadians you'd want to be there, and then just some of your U.S. friends. And it's always a good time on Friday night with Drag Motocross, and it's always a good time on Saturday night after the race. Like it's just a really, really fun, fun race. It's downtown, central to everything. Like it's you can walk everywhere. So if you want to cause some trouble, you can cause trouble. So well, and, and, this time, and, this time but, next year, you and I are going to cause trouble in Toronto. Stand Toronto, up. we'll see if Cole. If we have Cole, if Cole wants to ride the 350. I will be there. But um, it's just the other. The other factor is the weather. Sometimes the weather's great. Sometimes it's garbage. Yeah. And it sucks not having pits. That's like totally it's, it's a bummer. It's a bummer that the one race a year you can go see the Canadian fans, but there's just no pit. You know what I mean? Like. Some people can get those passes and it's caught kind of all, all under the stadium, but it's not the same experience yeah. as like an A1 or, you know, Phoenix, something like that. It's, they kind of get chinsed on that. So that's a bummer for them. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, just go, go see like a quiet uh, pit area where no one really has their like activation stuff out and you just, you no. get to see the bikes and everything, but you wouldn't get the, the full experience going to a place like a one or Vegas where uh, everything's out and in the open, it's super hot and there's, uh, there's yeah. women half naked everywhere and there's motorcycles and giveaways and all that fun stuff. So it's good. Yeah. It doesn't get this quite same activation effect with a bunch of monster girls and parkas. I don't think. No, although uh, that's that's the mystique of Canada, right? That is always has that question, like what's uh, what's underneath the snowsuit, sort of thing. Yeah, that doesn't always work out good for people, though. No, it doesn't. So uh, to wrap this up, where uh, what are your predictions for your, for Detroit, both uh, right now uh, on on a Tuesday afternoon? Uh, give me a podium. Um, give me a podium for both two fifties and four fifties. Two fifty. I'm going to go yeah. Jeremy Martin for the win. Okay. I'm going to go Plessinger for second. And he'll... Did this and... Lose you? No, you got me. So I said uh, Martin, Plessinger, Hill. Hill? 250. Okay. Yeah, Hill, Hill in third. 
I think I think Pasadena is just too good not to be on the podium. He's going to be on it more than more than he's not for the rest of the year. I think all his bad luck is over. And then for 450, I like Musquin to win. I like Benji for second and Sealy for third. Fair enough. Okay, so I'll I'll give you my my two fifties. I'm gonna say uh, Justin Hill first, followed by Jeremy Martin and Martin Davalos. Okay. He's rested. He's ready to come back, and uh, and he's 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 gonna be back on the podium. Uh, and for uh, for the four fifties, I'm going Dunge, Roxon, Anderson. Okay. I think hey, I think Anderson uh, uh, puts in some some good rides. He's feeling he's feeling saucy after that uh, uh, that that quad and uh, puts in a, a much better performance. And uh, the rest of the guys round out the rest of the field. Well, let me ask you a quick question. I don't know. We'll probably through some research, but is this a point out year for Davlos? No, it isn't because he got hurt and at Epstein Bar last year, so he didn't have enough points. Oh, so he's good. He he could go for it still this year and still be okay for next year. Yeah, in fact, he could go another okay. two years in okay. the class of getting 150 points and not winning the title and still be there. Okay, well then I like your pick for Davos. That's that's not bad then. I was just thinking in my head like, well, maybe he uh, if he's not going to win the title, does he uh, lay up a bit? Yeah, but if, if he doesn't have to worry about pointing out, then obviously he's going to go for it. Nope, he's going to go for it. Interesting. Well, good luck, Marty. Well, good luck, Marty. And, uh, yeah, see how the, the, the big white number 14, uh, 49 uh, does this weekend. Chris Elliott, on behalf of myself and everyone over here at Big MX Radio, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, but there is one minute left in the third period of this podcast. I give you 67, uh, 60 seconds to uh, mention some sponsors or go on an all-encompassing rant about the sport of motocross. Go. One minute remaining in the third period. I got nothing to rant about, man. I did all my ranting last time. Uh, Marty made this easy on me, so I, I'm mellow. After, after seeing the thing happen to Marty this weekend, I just, I don't even, I'm, I'm speechless. I think the last time I was on, I said to you, it can't get any worse. He's got to eventually win the title. And then this happened. I just, I don't know what to say. But uh, as far as our things, I think uh, the YP.com, you could have asked KTM team, is ready to go. Cole's been on the bike. He hasn't. Everyone thought he was going to be doing ultra testing, but he stayed on the Supercross track. Zach's feeling good. Back at it. Wait till you see his kit in Santa Clara. I hope it doesn't rain in Santa Clara. And uh, if you don't use Motul, f*** you. Perfect. Well, that's 60 seconds of quality radio right there. As always, appreciate you coming on the show. You have yourself a great rest of your week. Uh, Don't hang up just yet. For podcast sake, we'll cut it off right there. Cool, man.